It's that time, the Betting Predators podcast, where our main objective is hunting down the best bets for you. I'm your host, Sleepy J. You guys can find me on Twitter, Sleepy J underscore pregame. Joined here by the golf guru himself, Uncle Dave. You guys can find him, Dave underscore Essler. And you can get his bolt on the best sports betting information site on the web, pregame.com. Well, here we go, Uncle Dave. Another Tuesday, another golf podcast. This week, we will have the Northern Trust. This one will be played at TPC Boston in Norton, Massachusetts. Uncle Dave, I think we talked enough, you know, throughout the last couple of days about last week's tournament, the Wyndham Championship. You know, if you guys followed Uncle Dave and I's advice last week, you ended up making some cash. And last week did provide an unlikely winner, Jim Herman, who paid at some shops like 500 to 1. Certainly did not expect that. But Uncle Dave, I really want to focus on this week. We're going to skip through all the hoopla from last week. I want us to go ahead and talk about, you know, why this tournament is so important for the golfers this week. And we understand that there are playoffs. We have guys trying to go ahead and get into the playoffs. Could you explain that to our listeners on exactly why this tournament is so important this week? Well, before I do that, I want you to know that I used to live in Norton. Bullshit. Um, There is that. So I guess that means we're going to do well this week. But this is the first, you know, they're into, they're into what you, you call the playoffs. And what they did last week, one of the reasons I think we were able to do so well is they, they, they narrow it down when the playoffs start to 125 golfers, and that's what they have this week. Well, last week we were able to cash on a bunch of guys that were kind of like needed to get some points and, and do well to get into that top 125. And you have the same thing going on this week because after this week, next week they're going to take the top 70 and then the tour championship the following week, the top 30. So getting those points is, is critically important, and more so this year than any other year. I mean, because of the COVID-19 pandemic, the, the first two events, uh, this one and next week, are going to give 1,500 points to the winner, which is triple the points of the regular season events. Now, to put that in perspective, you know, guys that are like – I mean, right now, Justin Thomas is, is number one. But if you look at guys right now that are 70 through 80, you know, they're like 1,900 to 2,000 points behind. So, you know, if one of those guys gets a win, you know, not only are they playing for the next couple of weeks, but, you know, they're probably in the top 10. So there won't be – there'll be no laying up this week, Sleepy, none whatsoever. I mean, you know, there's just so many things that can happen, especially when they're giving out triple points. You know, normally I would – I would almost want to go chalk here, and I still kind of do, but it wouldn't surprise me if if some of these guys that did well uh, weren't necessarily, you know, the guys the casual golfer can 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 has it at at their fingertips. They, they know they know the name, they know what he's done recently. So, you know, and and where they finish is actually important too. They, they don't just need to get to the top ten because once you get down uh, top thirty, rather. Once you get down to the top 30, they kind of reseed them again, if you will, and, and actually have their sort of pre-tournament leaderboard to where, you know, say they were to have it right now, Justin Thomas would be ahead, and he would start at 10 under. That would be his pre-tournament score. And who's ever in second would start at 8 under. So it's not a matter of just getting, you know, 1 through 10 or 1 through 30. You know, it, it's not like they start all over again. You know, it matters. Because whoever is one when they go to Atlanta is going to 
have a two or three shot lead over everybody before they even start. So it's, it's pretty critical. Well, thanks for clearing that up, Uncle Dave, because I've heard kind of mixed reports on, you know, that with their guys are going to go ahead and, and go all out and play full, you know, full tilt here. So, you know, that kind of certainly clears it up. And it sounds like, you know, that you're on the on the side that, you know, these guys do have something to play for, even if they're at the top. So so thanks for clearing that up. And hopefully if our listeners were listening there, you know, if they were a little unclear on exactly, you know, how the playoff format is set up and what these guys are actually golfing for, Uncle Dave cleared that up for you. Now, if you go back to last year, the PGA, they did not play at this venue. I actually have to go back to 2018 to the Dell Technologies Championship. And the last time that they actually played at this course, Bryson won. And by no surprise, Bryson, he's going to be the favorite for this year's Northern Trust Tournament, right around 11 to 1 at most of the shops, followed by Justin Thomas at 13 to 1, Rory at 15 to 1, John Rahm 15 to 1. So, Uncle Dave, as we do every podcast, we start out with our long shot wagers here. We usually go ahead, we start out with our first round leaders. Now, we've hit a couple of these over the last couple of weeks, and they pay some big money. So, this is something that you surely want to go ahead and consider, you know, throwing a few bucks on. Uncle Dave had a couple tickets here that cashed. I also had one that cashed way back. But uh, I have a guy that I have lined up here for the first round that I like. But, Uncle Dave, I'm going to let you go first here. First round leader, who are you thinking about? Well, I got a few guys. Um, one that I want to share is Kevin Kisner at 66 to 1. And, you know, he ended last week's tournament really well, and that's been a, a solid angle for me to go ahead and, and, you know, take the hot guy. I mean, it's a lot more than stats. But something else kind of kind of stuck to me here. You know, his two win odds are 90 to 1, and yet his – First round leader odds are sixty six to one, and that's like backwards. So that's either a a bookmaker error or something weird going on there. Because you know if a guy's ninety to one to win, uh, his first round leader odds are usually like one ten, one twenty. So I like Kisner, and another guy I like that nobody's talking about anymore is Brooks Kepka. Um, he definitely needs to win, obviously, um, and. You know, I look at Kepka at 40 to 1 to lead the first round. And, you know, I think to myself, yes, he's been playing, you know, poorly by his standards, obviously. But if he had been playing reasonably well, uh, it would be 20 to 1 or less. So Kepka at 40 to 1, I mean, that's like a kind of a no brainer. And I think uh, a guy like DJ is 40 to 1. And those may not reflect recent performance but i think the switch is flipped this week and i think you'll see some of these guys that haven't been doing well probably step it up and including your boy tiger at some point so you tell me who you got and and i'll give you a yay or nay whether i got him on my list anywhere well as you mentioned tiger tiger is in this field but he's not going to be the guy i go ahead and target for the first round leader but i will target one of his buddies i'm going to go ahead and uncle dave i'm going to take lefty at 90 to 1 I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to try Phil Mickelson to go here and grab the first round lead. Now, 63 has been like the normal low round at this course, you know, over like the last 10 years. And Phil has shot 63 here on three different occasions. And I'm almost positive if you go through over the last 10 years, there has not been another golfer that's golfed three 63 rounds at this venue. And I think, Uncle Dave, when I when I think about making a wager here, one, I'm getting 90 to one. But I think with Phil, 
we've noticed like when he comes into these tournaments, he actually plays a whole hell of a lot better in the beginning. And then he starts to fade as the holes go by and as the rounds go by. So I figure why the hell not? I got a guy that knows this course that's golfed well here. He's had low rounds here before. And if he's going to start out strong and fade later, well, then I don't have any business going ahead and bending him really in anything later. I figure at 90 to one, why not throw a little bit on lefty? What do you think about that? Was he even somebody that you even had on your radar for this one? Yeah, absolutely. I've, I've actually had him as a first round leader for many of those same reasons previously. And there's really no reason not to do it. And to sort of substantiate what you're thinking there, you know, right now, Mickelson's 67th in the FedEx Cup standings. And if anybody listened at all to my preamble, they're going to take the top 70 uh, next week to go to the BMW Championship. So he's going to want to do uh, reasonably well to continue. I mean, he doesn't need to win, uh, but he can't he can't fall back any further. Uh, so, yeah, I would, I, would, uh, I would think that's pretty solid, Sleepy. One of the reasons I really wanted to go ahead and take him here is because I don't feel like he has to go ahead and throw that Hail Mary pass here, Uncle Dave. As you just mentioned, it's not like he's, you know, not going to find himself in the top 125, but, he, you know, he's in the middle of the mix here. So I don't feel like he has to press or he has to go ahead and, and, and do anything out of the ordinary. But if he wants to go ahead and get a win here or, or you know, it just it really improves his position, you know, if he could start out the way that he's been starting out some of these tournaments, which has been, you know, on the leaderboard uh, for the most part. I figure why not? 91, not a bad ticket. Now, last week, Uncle Dave, before we did our podcast, we looked for some top 40s, top 30s. We didn't have any on the board. But this week, we found some top 30s, top 40s. I have one that I really like here. I'm going to let you go first, Uncle Dave, because you usually have a couple of top 30, top 40s. What are you thinking? Uh, top 40, a solid bet. Sam Burns at plus 175. And, and when I make those bets, I, you know, I'm looking for the plus money. Uh, he could well do better than that. Um, he's 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 a solid guy. He's had some good tournaments. He's had some bad tournaments. But now you're looking at a guy. He's sitting 103rd. So so he's not going to play next week unless he does well. And, and a lot of guys ahead of him don't. So to finish top 40, you know, with a field of a buck and a quarter, that's like finishing in the top third. Uh, and 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 I can see that happen. So at at plus 175, that is a bet I will make. And top 30, Zach Johnson is, is plus 200 top 30 now. He hadn't done anything until last week, and he had a great finish. He, he uh, had a great tournament, and he played really well. Uh, we didn't have any money on him to finish T10, T20. We probably should have because he was a guy that was, like, outside the cut line for the top 125 going into this week. Um, and we had a lot of bets that were fell in that exact same category. We just didn't have him. Uh, and and this week I'm not going to make that mistake. The guy's been around forever. Uh, he has the pedigree. So at plus 200 to finish top 30 there again, you know, that's uh, top 25%-ish of the entire field. Uh, and it is Zach Johnson. So um, I don't I don't see any reason why we shouldn't take Zach at plus 200 to finish top 30. As you mentioned, Uncle Dave, you said you like to go ahead and grab plus money. And I thought that this guy would be plus money. But then I thought it was kind of being a little sneaky with them, and I found them at even money top 40. So I'm going to go ahead I'm going to play Ricky Fowler top 40 at even money. You know, he could certainly use a, a bump in the FedEx right now. I mean, he's sitting right around 90, and this is a course in which, you know, Ricky's done well here. He's won here before. If you go back a few years ago, he also has a couple top 20s, top 30s. 
And he has some below average scores here as well, which is a little bit of a concern. He's missed a cut here, I think, once in 10 years. But my gut says, you know, Fowler unscrews his game. You know, he's been feast or famine since we come back from COVID. He's missed four cuts out of seven events. But then when he actually goes out in places, he's, he's done well. He's like T12, T15, T22. So I think Ricky actually goes for it here. So top 40, even money wager. I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to make that one. Uncle Dave, what do you think, Fowler? Was he on your radar? Um, he is. He was and will be. And, and interestingly enough, uh, when I did another podcast this morning with some some sharp guys from Golf Digest, there were several guys that were uh, throwing out Fowler for a, a lot of those same reasons. So, yes, I, I concur that that is a one fine bet, as your buddy Fezzik likes to play. Well, that's good to hear. Let's jump over to some top 20s here, Uncle Dave, maybe some top 10s, top 20s. Uh, I have one here. Let me go first here, Uncle Dave. I'll keep it simple, and you can kind of let me know if I'm on the right path with this guy. And I think that I am. I'll keep it simple. Adam Hadwin. I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to play him. His last three events at this course, T46, T13, T21. So he's been good here. But more importantly, I think I'm buying the 5-1 to one odds here, Uncle Dave. You can get him at plus 500 to go ahead and land inside the top 20. I think it'll be close, but at 5-1, to one, I'm going to go ahead and give Hadwin a shot. Normally, I don't like these you know, top 10, top 20 bets, but I like the results I've seen from Hadwin at this particular course over the last couple of years. So I'll go ahead. I'll play Adam Hadwin, 5-1, to one, top 20. Top 20 or top 10, Uncle Dave's, what do you got? A top 20, I really like, and, and I don't understand this line, so I'm not going to look a gift horse in the mouth. Sanjay M at plus 250 for top 20 now. To me, that's asinine. I mean, he finished T9 last week at the Wyndham, shot 69, 64, 66, 65. Nobody's talking about him. Nobody's talking about Sanjay M. The fact of the matter is Sanjay M is fifth in the FedEx Cup standing right now. So does he need to win to advance? No, absolutely not. But Sanjay M wins, Sanjay M could dispel the four guys ahead of him. So that would be Bryson, Simpson, Morikawa, and JT. So but to have Sanjay M at plus 250 just to finish in the top 20, especially where he's been in good form, I think that's an absolute gift. And another bet I'm going to make, Sleepy, a top 10. And I don't make a lot of top 10s because it's just so much sort of tomfoolery in those last hole or two that, that, that you know, one putt or whatever can take a guy from – from 8th to T11 and, and ruin a good bet. But Patrick Cantlay at plus 335 to finish top 10. Now, Cantlay is currently at 32nd, so he could certainly use to win. But, you know, here you got a guy that's 12th in the in the official world golf rankings, and, and he's done really well, I think, in this tournament. I know it hasn't been played at this venue, but I believe the last three years he's probably been T10 or better. Uh, so why not? Um, he he did he didn't have a great PGA Championship. Had a had a couple of tough rounds, a couple of great rounds. So he's a little inconsistent, but he's always inconsistent. That I mean that's that's the problem with Cantlay. But for that caliber of a golfer with that much upside, plus three thirty five just to finish in the top ten, I think I think is a great value pick. All right, so a couple of top 10, top 20s from Uncle Dave. Uncle Dave, as I had mentioned, Adam Hadwin. I'm curious, Uncle Dave, a 5-1 to one for Adam Hadwin. Should I put you know, a pizza bet on this one or maybe like a one or a two unit? How are you feeling about Hadwin, maybe top 20? 
Well, you know, that's one of those picks that I was on Hadwin a lot right when the restart happened, and he did really well. He was 11 under in, in Harbortown. He was T4 in the Rocket Mortgage. Um, he was 5 under at their workday charity, but, you know, then they had the, the Memorial and the World Golf Championships and the PGA, and he, he hasn't done much of anything. He's made the cut, uh, but he's but his, his scores have been anything but something that you'd want to put a lot of money behind. But his upside, the guy's 44th in spite of all that. Uh, he hasn't won yet this year, but he's won on tour, and I would never take someone that has never won to win this. So I'm looking at I'm looking at his upside here as well. I think he's made the cut in 14 of the 15 events this year, and you know you got to be playing on the weekend to make money. So, yeah, I, I would totally see that on the upside. I think he's uh, very much under the radar, so that's a good find. I think I would go somewhere between a pizza bet and a two-unit bet. So we'll just call it a one-unit bet. All right. Well, I feel pretty good, at least, uh, you know, that I that I got a golfer like that on my radar. That's certainly something that I was going ahead and looking for. We still have winners and we still have some head-to-head stuff here, Uncle Dave. Let's save the head-to-head till last. Why don't we go ahead through our winners here, Uncle Dave. I'll give out mine first because yours are always the highlight of every podcast as you've knocked down a lot of winners over the last couple of weeks. And no surprise, you had a bunch of guys in the running last week. So I'm just going to rip through mine here, Uncle Dave. I thought it was going to be sneaky with Daniel Berger at 30 to 1. I thought I was going to get him at like 60, 71. Not the case. But I like the golf that Berger's had at this course before. So I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to play him at 30 to 1. I, I think I'm betting this one here, Uncle Dave, with my heart. Finau, 35 to 1. I mean, look at this guy's finishes this year. Top four, top five, top three. I mean, he's been around. He's just, you know, one or two putts short of winning a tournament. So I figured why not at 35 to one on Finau. And this is a real long shot. I found this one, but this guy has played well here. And that's Grillo at 175 to one. If he comes in, you will not hear the end of it. He had a T seven finish the last time on this course. And then like three years ago, he finished 22nd, four years ago, he finished 33rd. So he's been improving every time he stepped on this course, 92nd in FedEx points. So he needs to go ahead and have a productive weekend. So I'm going to give you those three, Berger at 30 to 1, Finau 35 to 1, and Grillo 175 to 1. Uncle Dave, you got any 175 to 1 winners in your pocket? No, and if I did, I wouldn't give them to you because you know how the books move. If I put 100 bucks on it, it'll take them down to 80 to 1. So I'm not sharing those. Uh, I do. Um, I, I, we, are, we are either uh, really good or really bad this week because I do like Berger as well. I mean, I, he was on my radar. I mean, I don't know how you, how you, how do you not like a guy that's just a restart minus forty-eight in five tournaments, and how do you not like a guy that's fourth in shots gained and fifth in scoring average? You know, he didn't make the postseason last year, but two years ago he was, I think, t fifteen here. So it's not like he has no experience. You know, and, and at thirty to one, you know, I'll tell you why I like it anyway. Is you look at his stats, and you know, I just gave out some of them. But if you were to erase Berger and put in like Kepka or Rory and on on that on that on that line on that rotation line, if you will, Berger wouldn't be thirty to one; he'd be fourteen to one. So I think there's some some real value there with your Berger pick. So now I don't like to take favorites; you guys know that. But I got to throw one out there. Um, you know, I'm not going to take Justin Thomas. I'm going to take John Rahm, and Rahm is. Uh, I think the fourth favorite at 16 to one, 
I think there's still some value there. When you look at who's ahead of him, and it's Bryson because he's Bryson, Thomas because he's number one, and Rory because he's Rory. Those are the only three guys with better odds. So for me, I got the number one player in the world golf rankings, the guy that's 10th in FedEx Cup points, meaning he can actually win the FedEx Cup. And for a guy that's playing on the weekend, you know, you got to have that. And he's made 76 of 87 cuts on tour. And I think he was forgotten at the PGA last week after he barely made the cut. They shot 80, uh, they shot 68 and 66 to finish T13. Finished great. Four birdies, no bogeys on the back nine Sunday. Guy's got length off the tee, hitting 70% of his greens. He's seventh gained in shots gained tee to green. And most importantly, he doesn't miss many eight-foot putts like Bailey Horschel did to me last week. And the guy just doesn't quit. I look back at the workday, he shot three rounds in the 70s, 64 on Sunday. At the World Golf Championship, three rounds in the 70s, 66 on Sunday. And he did a similar thing last week. And last year at this tournament, he shot a 64 on Thursday. So I think Rom, even at 16 to 1, has quite a bit of merit. And I'll give you my long shot, uh, not 175 to 1. Uh, Kevin Kisner at 90 to 1, I mentioned him as first round lead, but 90 to 1, come on, man. Uh, he was a quiet T3 last week with a 65 and two 64s after a solid weekend at the PGA Championship. He gained over two shots on approaches last week. I mean, that's almost unheard of. Guy's got two top 10s in his last five starts. And this is a guy that typically does well keeping it in the fairway. He's a good putter. So, you, you know, if he can keep that shot screen on approach up, he's going to be tough to deal with. And he's been in the top 15 of all the postseason events last year. I think he was 12th here and 9th in both the BMW and the Tour Championship. So, you know, 90 to 1. You know, in the last two weeks, his scoring average is a shade under 67. 90 to 1? I mean, how do you not? So I threw a little bit on Kisner there as well. You know, one of the things that I think that our listeners should probably understand is there's not a whole lot of sports betting podcasts out there that are talking golf. So when Uncle Dave tells you that somebody like Kisner is probably being mispriced, that more than likely, especially after Uncle Dave bets it and all the listeners listen to this podcast, you know, they start betting it. And and for good reason. I mean, Uncle Dave's been doing very well. You know, more than likely that line is going to move at the sports book. So if you're the first guy listening to this and that's a wager you're considering making, I would consider making that wager as soon as you can, because more than likely that line is probably going to move. And as you mentioned a couple of times already during this podcast, Uncle Dave, you know, you thought Kisner was mispriced. And generally, you know, when they start seeing bets come in, especially, you know, we have a good listenership for a podcast. You know, you end up with 10, 15, 20 bets all on the same guy. Those books will eventually move those lines. And if you're late to the party, listening to the podcast or putting your bets in, you know, you're not going to get that 90 to one ticket. You're going to end up with a, a 55 to one or a 40 to one ticket because the books will eventually go ahead and move those lines if they get enough action on one side. Uncle Dave, let's jump over to head to heads. I'm going to go ahead and save mine, Uncle Dave. I'm going to let you go first. Any head to head wagers that you have for this weekend? Yeah, you know, I hesitate to give any away because I'm 15 and one on my head to heads. Uh, maybe not on this pod. On this pod, I could be undefeated, but the uh, the head-to-heads I've gone ahead and given out to my clients is 15-1, and one, so regression is long overdue. I've played a couple. I'll probably add a couple more. I played Louis Oosthuizen over Brendan Todd, and I just think Todd maybe has uh, maxed out, and I do like Louis. 
And another one I played was Zach Johnson. You can also get him at 110 to win if you want a long shot. Uh, at minus 125 over Colley. I just think Zach Johnson is going to play well this week. I almost don't care what Colley does. So those are two that I like. And, and I'll just throw it back to you and tell me what you like. Well, one thing that I do like, Uncle Dave, is the fact that, you know, that you've done so well over the last couple of weeks, you know, with these golf pods that, you know, we could actually, you know, overshadow the fact that you are 15 to one on your head to heads, mostly because, you know, you've nailed some winners. You hit a couple first rounders and, you know, your top 10, top 20 tickets, top five tickets, you know, they've been cashing left and right. So uh, it's, it is no surprise, Uncle Dave, that, you know, even though you're on one hell of a run with your head to heads, that it's just something that, you know, that, that we haven't highlighted. And it's certainly something that that we should. And you guys should probably go ahead and consider going ahead and wagering on some of those head to heads. And as Uncle Dave mentioned, you know, he gives out as much as he can here for free, obviously. But he does have his paid stuff over at pregame.com where you can get, you know, all his wagers for the actual golf tournament. Uncle Dave, I'm going to give you this one, but I want your handicap on this one. I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to play Adam Scott minus 108 against Tiger Woods. Now, last week I went ahead, I gave out Tiger. It's not that I'm salty with Tiger. If you look at what Scott has done at this particular course, I mean, this guy's just been lights out. I think like seven or eight of the last 10 events he's been here. I mean, there's multiple top 10s. I mean, there's got to be four or five times this guy's finished inside the top 10. I think he missed a cut here like once. But, you know, we know Tiger hasn't been golfing a whole hell of a lot. You know, he's hit and miss with what tournaments he's going to go ahead golfing at. So I just feel like like Scott is kind of just an under-the-radar guy when it comes to this. And, look, the books are going to go ahead and try to put a guy up against Tiger because they know Tiger's probably going to take money, and they're going to try to make it, you know, as appetizing as possible. But I'm not going to fall for it. Scott's been really good here. Not sure what you think about that one, Uncle Dave. Scott versus Tiger. I'll take Scott. What do you think? Yeah, I can see that. I mean, it's funny that we had a, a Tiger discussion this morning, and I don't typically have an opinion, but I forget what Tiger was to win this tournament, you know, 40 to 1-ish, and, and that was almost an auto bet just because. But in a head-to-head thing, you got some very valid points there. And then you got a guy like Adam Scott. Now, he's only played one tournament uh, here in the U.S. since the restart. He played in the PGA Championship. So, you know, that's a guy that is overlooked, if you will. And he played fairly well. He finished minus four, didn't have any horrible rounds. And that's a guy that right now is 36th in the FedEx Cup. So, you know, I, uh, I think that although not a lot of people are talking about him, like you said, um, I think that he definitely has some value. And it's probably somebody that I'll go back and look at uh, to plug in somewhere, I'm sure. Well, that's good to hear. At least you feel pretty confident that, you know, at least I got an under-the-radar guy. And I think that that's one of the things that, you know, that the books try to do is they try to go ahead and, and make, you know, one side look as appetizing, especially if the public is going ahead and they're looking to bet and they're like, you know, maybe, maybe they're a little reluctant to go ahead and place money on a guy against, you know, a bigger name. Like maybe it was Tiger versus Bryson or Tiger versus Rory. Maybe they would be a little reluctant. But the fact that it's Adam Scott, a guy who hasn't been – in the golf news really at all because of his lack of play is probably going to be a wager that, you know, I have a feeling that the books are just going to end up raking in the money on that one. Um, You know, the fact that Tiger probably won't beat Scott, but that's the way I'm going to go. Well, that's it guys. That's our podcast. We gave you our top forties, top twenties, first round leaders, winners, head to heads. 
hopefully Uncle Dave and I can go ahead and produce another winning week for you as well. As I mentioned during the podcast here, if you guys are looking for Uncle Dave's best stuff, you guys could shoot over to pregame.com. You'll find Uncle Dave over there each and every day. You guys can get me on Twitter, SleepyJ underscore pregame. You can get Uncle Dave on Twitter as well, Dave underscore Essler. And you can get us both on the best sports betting information site on the web, pregame.com. I'd like to wish you guys all the best of luck today. Enjoy the games.